Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Film Canister Podcast, episode Hi. six. Hi. Today, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently, a little bit of spice up, because today is when the Oscar nominations are released. As since we're, we're film kids, we're all avidly following this shit. <laughs> so we're, we're going to skip the questions today, and we're going to react to these nominations. We're all going to predict winners in a sort of like contest format where people steal choices from other people. And when the Oscars come around, we'll give a trophy to whoever wins. And then after that, we'll do our discussion on Killer's Kiss and Fear and Desire and all the Kubrick stuff. We've been avoiding spoilers all day of what these nominations are. Mm -hmm. And so we're all going to have our genuine reactions. It's been a challenge not seeing (laughs) shit. We've seen a couple things. Like me and Tegan both saw the name of a movie, but we didn't see any categories. So we're pretty good. I saw a post that's like, this is the most shocking nomination I heard, but I didn't see what it was. Sam Levinson. (laughs) So I'm excited to see it. You're going to hear the audio from the Oscars live stream. We're all watching together on Discord. Okay, is everyone ready? David Rubin. Who is David Rubin? No idea. I don't know. Sweet. Good morning, everyone. I'm coming to you from the Academy Museum of Who the fuck are you? (laughs) (laughs) They don't do anything good with their money, so they decide to make a museum. They made a fucking museum? Yeah. That is sad. Everybody that's watching this podcast, May 15th, 2021, be at the Oscars Museum. I will be there and we will storm it. Jack, are you inciting violence right now? I'm inciting violence. Okay. Everything I say is not a joke. Take it seriously, government. Priyanka and Nick? Over to you. What the fuck do they have to do with movies? Who is this guy? I know, I recognize it's him. It's Nick Jonas. Oh, Jonas. Oh my god, of Why course. Why is Nick Jonas so here? First up, actress in a supporting role. Oh. Maria Bakalova in Borat subsequent What? Seriously? <laughs> is she that good? I, it, like, it doesn't seem like something you would be nominated for. Glenn Close. In oh my god, course. a fucking Wait, course. She got nominated for the Razzie for the same performance. Olivia Colman in The Father. Glenn Close and Olivia <laughs> Colman have both been nominated like every year for the last five years. Yeah. Amanda Seyfried in Man. Oh shit, I didn't see that coming. And Ye Jung Un in Minari. Yes! Oh. <laughs> yes, Our she should win. Our next category is Best Costume Design. Emma. Emma? I kind of, I predicted that. Well, of course it's Emma. It's a period piece. Mank. Mank. Predicted that too. Mulan. Oh no. What the fuck? And Pinocchio. What? There's a Pinocchio <laughs> movie? <laughs> That's a movie? The nominees for best original okay. score. Score. Okay, Minari, definitely. Defy Bloods. I hated the way he said that. <laughs> as white as possible. And Soul. Soul's oh, definitely getting in. Trent Reznor got two fucking nominations this year. Soul was very good. I liked the score a lot. Best adapted screenplay and best oh, original screenplay. Is Borat gonna get nominated for this? Borat's oh. adapted? Borat subsequent movie film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's adapted, that's so funny. Why it's is it for adapted? That's so dumb. What is it adapted from? It's adapted from the first movie. And now the nominees for best original screenplay. Ooh. I wonder Jesus. who's gonna win this category. It's not like I want it to be trial, but it's gonna be trial. Promising young woman. Yay! Sound of Metal. Ooh. That's kind of a surprise. I thought it would be either Judas or Sound Metal. Is Trial not getting nominated? And the Trial of the yeah. Chicago Yeah, <laughs> there we go. They paused for so long just to like throw you off. Like you thought we weren't going to do it, huh? Yeah. Wait, what's missing? What's missing? Manx not here. Oh, whoa, that's surprising. Wow, no Manx. Holy shit. And that, that was written by like his dead dad. I thought they'd do that. Yo, what if, what if they nominate Bad Day for Best Short Film? For Best Live Action Short Film. The nominees are Bad Day. Bad Day. Bad Day. Bad Day. day. Come Come on. on. What if a different short film called Bad Day gets nominated? (laughs) The human voice is definitely going to be here. That's the that's the Pedro Almodovar. What if it isn't and you are about to look like an idiot? And White Eye. Congratulations Whoa, they to just Holy shit. Pedro Holy shit. Oh, wow. They always snub Pedro Almodovar. The nominees for an actor in a supporting role. Ooh, um, let's see this. Daniel Kaluuya. In Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Yes, I love you, Daniel. Leslie Odom Jr. In One Night. Oh, no. oh I, for I was a second, so yeah, going to be music. Yeah. For a second, I thought I was going to see music. Holy shit. And Lakeith Stanfield. Yes, I love you, nice. Whoa. Both oh, yes. Judas. He's also a supporting actor? Those two. I love those that two. That was a really surprising nomination. Then who's the main actor in Judas? I don't think Lakeith Stanfield got nominated anywhere. Who is the main actor in Judas if the two people on the poster are both counted as supporting? It's both of them. I guess, they, I guess they're counting it as like a co-lead That's... type deal, so they're getting us. It's like supporting. They're 
supporting. I guess. That's kind of category fraud. I'm sorry. I don't think Lakeith Stanfield got nominated anywhere. Best documentary feature. Ooh, documentary. Oh, this is and my favorite category. Watch them not snub everything. Collective. They do that all the time. In what this. were the documentaries this year? I'm guessing Boys State, Dick Johnson is Dead, Time. time. I have not seen any. My Octopus Teacher. Oh, I heard oh, that. Right. I've literally I've seen that. that. I've literally seen that. I've watched that on They here. snubbed Boys State and, and the... Dick Johnson is dead. They snubbed like all the front runners. Oh yeah, I wanted to see Boys State. They always snub like big documentaries. They always they snub the Mr. Rogers documentary. Yeah, they snub a lot of stuff. Best international feature film. Ooh. All right. Let's another see. round. Another round. Give me another round. Another round. Yeah, yes. yes. There we go. Better days. Hong Never Kong. heard of that. Collective. Romania. Never heard of that. The man who sold his skin. Never heard Tunisia. of that. Never heard of it. Quo Badis Aida. Sweet. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen four out of five of these. Another round's gonna win, guys. I'm glad Benari's not in this category because that's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Best achievement in sound. Wait, is it? Did they just squish the two categories together? They merged it into one category. Well, they they couldn't tell the difference between the two anyways, so they. That's fucking hilarious. Oh my god. They literally just gave into the meme that they couldn't yeah. fucking tell the difference between the categories that's hilarious okay back-to-back -back bohemian rhapsody wins again oh my god yeah best production design production design mank mank it's orson welles <laughs> mank is orson welles mank <laughs> and tenet oh! <laughs> luke is gonna scream at that one. Oh, oh my god, my god. Tenet. Tenet. <laughs> holy shit the fucking tenant for production design? Ooh. Why? Best cinematography. Cinematography! Can we have oh. first cow? That would be awesome. Oh my god, if Cherry gets nominated, I'm gonna scream. Cherry, Cherry. Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, Judas, good. Nomadland. Yay! Ooh, cool. And the trial of the Damn it. Uh, what? Damn it. Damn it. It's not that good cinematography. Best visual effects. The Midnight Sky. My mom really wants me to watch Midnight Mulan. Sky. Oh, fuck off. If Mulan gets oh, an Oscar. And Tenet. Yeah! Tenet got another one. <laughs> Tenet has two Oscar nominations. Oscar nominated Tenet. Yeah. Best makeup and Makeup hairstyle. and hair. Hillbilly Elegy. And it's because they did old person makeup on Glenn Close. If they make a person look old, then it gets a nomination. That's just how it works. Mank. Mank. It's Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah. And Pinocchio. But I didn't even know a Pinocchio, Pinocchio movie got made. Best animated feature I film. wonder what's going to win this. Onward. So, uh, I wonder if it'll be Onward. No. It's not going to be Onward. It's going to be The Croods New Age. Croods 2. <laughs> a Sean the Sheep movie. Oh Fun my god. A Sean the Sheep? What the fuck? Wait, they made another Sean the Sheep movie, movie? Out this year? They made no. another Sean the Sheep movie? I didn't even know that came out this year. What That's the amazing. Hell? Farmageddon. Shut the fuck up. That sounds like a like a Plants vs. Zombies spin-off game. Best original song. Are we gonna get Wuhan flu from Borat? Stop. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> if they do that. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna be I'm gonna cry. For actor in a leading role. Oh, actor in a leading role. Steven Yun, please. Give me Steven Yun. Oh, please, Steven Yun. Please, Steven Yun. Riz Ahmed. In Sound of Metal. Oh, I love you, Riz Ahmed. Oh my god, wow. I wasn't expecting that, honestly. Chadwick Boseman. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I want Steven Yeun. Anthony Hopkins. Fucking, of in course, whatever. I don't give a yeah. shit. He's nominated for everything he's ever been in. I heard he's really good in it. Gary Oldman in May. Fuck of off. <clears throat> Source and Wells. Steven Yeun, Steven Yeun, Steven Yeun. And Steven Yeun. Yes! yes! Yes, Steven! I love Steven Young. I love Steven Young. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. That's the only thing I cared about in this whole fucking yeah. season. Is he the first Asian American to be I'm nominated not sure. in that? Maybe. Or actress in a leading role. The nominees are Andra Day and the United States first. Oh Billie my Holiday. god, she can't win again. Who is she? What please is that Carrie movie? Please, Carrie Mulligan. Please, Carrie Mulligan. I mean, it's going to be Francis McDormand and Carrie Mulligan. Francis McDormand. Right? Yes. yes. If Carrie Mulligan gets snubbed, and Carrie Mulligan there we go. promising. Okay. Okay, okay, I was really scared. I was like, oh, there's a chance you're like not gonna. I don't think they'd give three to Francis because Carrie Mulligan's due for one. For directing. I'm gonna oh, say shit. they're gonna go crazy. They're gonna nominate Lee Isaac Chung. Can we oh, snub Aaron Sorkin? That would make me so happy. Thomas Vinterberg. Another oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh my god! Dude, he got it. No way! That's crazy! Look, you're so what the fuck? Chloe Zhao and Lee Isaac Chung. Lee Isaac Chung. Yes! Yes! Okay! 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 Chloe Zhao. Okay. Yes! Snub Aaron Sorkin! Snub Aaron Sorkin, please! And Emerald Fennell. Yes! Holy shit! I'm so happy about Thomas Vinterberg. That's so exciting. They did the Cold War thing with Pavel Pavlikovsky. That's so exciting. Pavel Pavlovsky, Luke.
I'm so Holy happy. Holy shit. Thomas Vinterberg. That's crazy. That was the best directing category I have seen in so long. Jack, I was literally telling you last night, I was like, what if Thomas Vinterberg gets nominated? I didn't think he would. Finally, the nominees for Best Picture. Oh, Best Picture. Mank. Sorson Wells. Minari. Christina Yes, o. okay. Nice. Minari. Nomadland. Nomadland. <laughs> okay, good. I need a promising young woman nomination too. There's no way it's not getting nominated. But if it does, I'm fucking me so pissed. Promising young woman. Yeah. Sound of Metal. Wow, that's Whoa. kind of a surprise. That's a surprise. I was not expecting this to do as well as it is. Yeah. And last, The Trial of the Chicago uh, yeah. 7. Uh, Watch wait, it take best picture. Is Mank there? Wait, did mm -hmm. One Night Miami not get it? No. No, no One Night Miami, no Marini's Black Bottom. Oh, wow, that's kind of surprising. Wow, what the hell? Now I'm kind of wondering, I, w I wish Mads Mikkelsen got in since Thomas Vinterberg got in. That would have been cool. But I, I wouldn't have traded Steven Young for Mads Mikkelsen. No, no neither would yeah. I. Fuck. That directing category is fucking bananas. That's so good. I'm so glad Aaron Sorkin didn't get shit. I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a three-woman in that category. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's still crazy. At least they didn't snub like Emerald Fennell for oh, Aaron oh Sorkin God. or something. That would have made me I scream. Lost it. I'm so happy Aaron Sorkin got snubbed. And I was telling, I was like, oh my God, guys, Thomas Vinterberg is going to be Paul Thomas Anderson getting nominated for Phantom Thread when no one expected him to. It's going to be Powell Palakowski getting nominated for Cold War when no one expected him to. And it fucking happened. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Good one. I guessed both Chloe Zhao and Lee Isaac Chung. I didn't think they were actually going to do Lee Isaac Chung because that's something the Oscars would do, but they did it. The DGAs did it. The DGA's lineup was that, except no Thomas Vinterberg and Aaron Sorkin. So that's what everyone thought was going to happen. Yeah. Who do you think's going to win director? Could be Chloe Zhao. It's going to be Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. I feel like uh, I was not expecting Sound of Metal to do as well as it did. Neither did I. It's so surprising to see the Oscars are like maybe starting to learn from Green Book. Right? Like These last two years weren't that bad. They hit a low with Green Book and everyone was like, this is shit don't fucking do this again and so far they haven't so yeah we'll have to see who wins but i feel like the nail in the coffin for trial of chicago 7 winning best picture is aaron's working getting snubbed for director yeah because yeah. if it was the best movie then he would be get a nom for best director what do you think's winning it then do you think nomadland has a chance for best picture i totally think it does yes yeah. i really want it to it's, win it's the front runner to win i feel like minari and promising young woman probably have a better chance at winning than trial now I'd be really happy if both Promising Young Woman or Nomadland won. I want Minari. I want Minari. The biggest surprise is probably either Lakeith Stanfield or Thomas Vinterberg. I was surprised that both Lakeith and Kalua got nominated. I'm so happy though. I love those two. This was not that bad. I'm surprised. That was way better than I thought it was. Yeah. Okay, so... For everybody listening to this, you just heard our reactions to the Oscar nominations. Yeah. For us, that was two days ago and we're... <laughs> the original plan was to record this predictions thing right after we reacted. But then we tried to do it that night. But then Manny didn't watch the Kubrick movie, so we couldn't do it then. And the next day we tried to record this, but Tegan forgot to press record, which is insane. Now we're here. Third time's a charm. You're all recording, right? Okay, so we're doing predictions for the Oscars, and it's only a few days after the nominations are announced, so it's possible that in the future, things that are presumed to win right now may not be the presumed winner before the show. So that'll be yeah. an interesting element that these are like early predictions. The way we're going to do it is that um, <laughs> instead of just, you know, all, all saying our predictions and what we think is going to win, we're going to make it competitive and aggressive by putting us in a random order, and let's say we go Jack, Luke, Tegan, Manny. It'll go in that order, and then it It'll go Manny, Tegan, Luke, Jack. It'll go in like ping pong order until we're done. Like Settlers of Catan, baby. Yeah. And then the way it works that if someone takes something before you in a certain category, you have to pick something else in that category. There's going to be some stealing going down. What's the order, Luke? So I got a random order here. It's Luke, Jack, Tegan, Manny. Woo! Okay. You ready, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll go, go sir. First. I'm going to take Soul and Animated Film. I'm going to do Amanda Seyfried for uh, Supporting Actress. Nomadland, Best Picture. Oh, fuck, I should have done that. I'm going to do another round for International Film, and then I get my second one. I'm going to do Monk for... <laughs> Sauce <laughs> and Wilds. For Best Cinematography. Monk. You perfected that Mank impression. I'm going to do... Maria Bakalova for supporting. I'll round out supporting and I'll do Daniel Kaluuya. Okay, I'm gonna take Soul in score and I'm gonna take Carrie Mulligan in lead actress. Um, uh, Stephen Young for lead actor. 
I want him. Gonna do Frances McDormand for lead actress. Tegan's just gonna round out every Nomadland pick. I'm going to do Minari for original screenplay and Minari for best picture. I'm gonna do Riz Ahmed, lead actor. Uh, Sound of Metal for sound. Sound uh, of Metal. There's sound in it. I'll take Promising Young Woman and original screenplay and Nomadland and adapted screenplay. I honestly wanted Tegan to just take every pick for Nomadland. Sorry. I'm sad now. Viola Davis for lead actress. Fuck it. Sasha Baron Cohen for supporting actor. I'm going to do uh, Chloe Zhao, best director, and Anthony Hopkins for lead actor. Anthony Hopkins gets nominated for anything, but he hasn't won anything. Thomas Vinterberg for director. That's a big choice, Tegan. Minari for score. Uh, Charles Chicago 7 for best picture, and Yeo Jung Yoon for supporting actress. Oh, fuck. I, I left best picture way too long. Go for it. It's, it's not worth more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, I know, but still means more personally oh it's my turn um i guess i'm doing judas for best picture then i would do nomad land for cinematography okay i'm going to do <laughs> tenet production design and tenet visual effects no i'm, I'm locking i'm fuck. i'm doing He's i'm doing locking double it. i'm tenet? doing both <laughs> double tenet yeah that was my next choice just imagine if tenet fucking wins if tenet sweeps both categories i'm gonna do trial for original screenplay even though i don't want it to win screenplay judas original yeah Wait, <laughs> Wait, it's not in adapted. Yeah. Okay. You okay. fool. Uh, okay, I'm going to take time in documentary, and I'm going to take one night in Miami in original song. Octopus teacher for documentary. Shit. Dude, I, I, was, I wanted to do that one. I had to. He's an octopus teacher. One night in Miami adapted screenplay. Okay, I'm going to do Mank for costume design and Mank for sound. <laughs> Fuck off. Manny has five Manks. <laughs> wait, wait, I do <laughs> Jesus Christ, Manny! Manny is going for the Hail Marys. He has almost—he has half of what Mank has been nominated for, and both tenets. Jesus. Fuck Christ. Okay, Tegan. News of the world for original score. Um, Emerald Fennel for director. I'm gonna take Chadwick Boseman and lead actor, and I'm gonna take Sound of Metal and editing. Um. Oh. Huh. Um, animated, I'm, mm, I'm gonna say Wolf Walkers. Farmageddon! Farmageddon! <laughs> okay, I'm going to do Lakeith Stanfield, supporting actor, I love him, and fuck, I'll do Onward animated film. That would be fucking hilarious. That would be so, imagine if a fucking Onward wins over Soul, that would be fucking funny. Ma Rainey for costume. Um... <laughs> Mank, Source and Wells. <laughs> <laughs> Production. I'm gonna take The Letter Room for live action short, and I'm gonna take Hunger Ward for documentary short. Back to you, Jack. Midnight Sky for visual effects. To Greyhound for sound. Does Big Gun shoot pew pew? Uh, Borat 2 for adapted, and then I'll take Mank for score. <laughs> Going <laughs> for the mank sweep. <laughs> Holy shit! Man. I have to, dude. Okay. I'm gonna scream when mank wins anything. Okay. <laughs> I am. I am gonna fucking scream. I'm gonna do trial for editing, even though I want um promising young woman to win. If it's not because the Oscar sucks. Uh, the father for adapted, I guess. Father. Father. Okay, I'm gonna take Hillbilly Elegy in <laughs> oh, God. makeup. Because I think they did old people makeup in that and they love that shit. When they made Gary Oldman look like Winston Churchill, they gave it makeup, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh -huh. And for director, I'm gonna pick David Fincher. David Pincher. For which movie is David Fincher not? For Mank. <laughs> there we go. Mank. There we go. <laughs> Judas and the Jude. <laughs> for cinematography. And the Jews, excuse me? Jack? Jack's audio just cut out and I heard him say Judas and the Jew. No, that was what I said. <laughs> Nothing cut out. <laughs> That's oh. what he said, yeah. Cinematography. Cin okay. Give me that cinnamon, baby. I'm a dude. The father for production. Why did she just do like that kid yodeling in the Walmart? Dude. I'm literally a yodeler. Okay, I'm going to do uh, Crip Camp for documentary and a Genius Loki for animated short. Or is it Loci? I don't know. No, you took Genius Loki, you motherfucker! <laughs> For documentary, I'm going to take the mole agent. Oh, ah, song, um, Trial of Chicago 7. 
because that song is shit, and they'll probably give it to it. For animated short, I'm going to go with uh, Burrow, because it said it's about a bunny. That sounds kind of Oscar-worthy. That sounds like a cute thing to pick. Okay, in costume design, I'm going to take uh, Emma. Costume design will go to Fuck It, Locking Pinocchio. <laughs> Imagine fucking Pinocchio win. Fuck it. International film, I'm gonna go with the man who sold his skin. Imagine doing that though. <laughs> Selling your skin, dude, that'd be crazy. Why would you do that? That's such a dumb thing to do. I am going to take Nomadland for editing, and then original song, I'll take a Eurovision Song Contest. You picked the fucking Will Ferrell movie, good job. <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah for original song. I'm gonna do Promising Young Woman for editing. I want that to win. I hope you're right. Do you want it to win because it has good editing or just because it's Promising Young Woman? No, because it actually is really good. I really like its editing. Really? I, I, I heard people say the opposite. No, I really like it. I think the editing is really clever. Okay, cool. Supporting actor. I guess I'll go Leslie. I'll take my Rainey's what, Black Jack? Bottom for production design. Jack. International film. Fuck it. Hong Kong representation. Better days. Represent Wong Kar Wai. He did not direct better Just because he's from Hong Kong. Okay, he's from Hong Kong. Whatever. United States representation for Kubrick. Let's go with Pixels. <laughs> he's dead. You can't represent him. He's dead. I'm going to do Mulan. Visual effects. God, I hope Mulan doesn't. I just feel like it might. Okay, I'm going to take Soul for sound and for VFX. I'm going to take the one and only Ivan. The monkey movie? Yeah, the monkey movie. <laughs> I read the book. <laughs> Makeup and hair. Um, What has hair? I'm going Mank. Mank? Oh, I should have I should have got Mank. Mank, it's Orson Welles. I guess I'm gonna do Ma Rainey for makeup and hair. For lead actress Vanessa Kirby, because she has Kirby in her last name and I like Kirby. That's not. I am going to lock Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, best supporting actress. Because she's gotten so close to getting an Oscar Shut the every fuck time. Up. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, Jack. Manny, she got a Razzie nomination for that performance. <laughs> you think she's gonna did win? Did she actually? Wait, did she? Mm -hmm. Do not split for documentary short. I only have shorts left to do, and I don't know any of these. Okay, documentary short. We're gonna do Hunger Ward. You already took that. Yep. Um, love song for Latasha. I'm gonna take a collective in international film. In cinematography? Okay, what's taken? I'm gonna take News of the World because I'm not taking Trial of Chicago 7 in cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> Luke's done. Animated short. If anything happens, I love you. How did nobody take that? Holy shit, how did nobody take that? That's gonna win. What? If anything happens, I love you is gonna win. How did nobody take that? I didn't know what any of these were, man. That, well, that's gonna win. Holy shit, I lucked out there. Jack's like, how did I get a winner on the last round? Uh, my second last pick, I got a winner. Yes, people for animated short. Makeup and hair, I'm going to do Emma for live action short, Two Distant Strangers, because it sounds like Two Identical Strangers, which was snubbed from documentaries last year. So. White. I for live action short. Live action short, okay. Definitely feeling through. And Manny, take the last one. For documentary short, A Concerto is a conversation. That's the worst title ever, I'm gonna be dead honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's like something Manny would say when he's like fucking 50 years old. <laughs> okay, we got our complete lineups. Woo! All right, wow, let's go. If you guys want to look at the complete ballots, uh, follow uh, our Patreon. No. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, doesn't exist. That's so horrible. Do not good. say that. I no longer associate with Luke Donovan. <laughs> guys, we're starting a Patreon. So let's move into our discussion of these Stanley Kubrick movies. Last time I was given the prompt of us watching the worst film by my favorite director, who is Stanley. Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. And so I hadn't seen Fear and Desire, but I knew by consensus that it was his worst film by far. I hadn't even seen a film by him that I wouldn't call great yeah. up to that point. So I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like. And it's only an hour long. So we decided to throw in Killer's Kiss as well, which was his other sort of one hour long student film that wasn't like one of his great. So we threw that one in as well. I think Kubrick really decided to shake up the mold with Fear and desire um by making it one of the worst pieces of shit i have ever oh seen <laughs> yeah um this movie is ungodly bad it's horrible it's like borderline unwatchable yeah kubrick's made some of my favorite movies ever and this is genuinely one of the worst movies i've ever seen okay spoilers for fear and desire if you care <laughs> yeah. um, 
The IMDb plot description is, four soldiers trapped behind enemy lines must confront their fears and desires. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, he did! He did the thing! Ah. So basically this movie has no plot. Yep. It's just like generic unnamed conflicts where there are soldiers that exist. But every side is white people who speak English. It looks like it was filmed in his backyard. It looks like they went to like a public park <laughs> and just like filmed it there. <laughs> like there's no sense of like scope or world to anything. That is true. This is one of the most like pointless like yeah. dumb movies. Nothing feels like it has any weight or like real importance. I was just so disconnected from the entire thing. There's a certain point me and Tegan were watching this and I was just like, this movie has not convinced me that it needed to exist. Right? Exactly. And by the end, it still hadn't. <laughs> I genuinely can't tell you one thing that happened. There's no stakes because you don't give a <laughs> shit about any of the characters. Literally, I have a theory that, you know how there's four of them? There's Mac, and then there's the main like officer, and then there's the kid that turned on the Joker, and then there's the fourth guy. <laughs> Who's the fourth guy? I swear to God, they wrote this movie with those three characters. And then in the second act, they were like, fuck, there would only be two of them. So they just added the third guy in and wrote him in as like a background extra in the other scenes. Because he doesn't have any lines in the first act. He just doesn't say shit. Because there's like the, the lead funny like guy who does all the quips and shit. Oh my yeah. god. I hate all of his quips. I swear to god, half of my fucking notes for this movie are like a line from the movie and then not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking hilarious because there's such yeah. a crazy inconsistency with him. Because he's such, like, a quippy dude, but then they try to give him, like, the deep internal monologues where yeah. he's like, the root of my evil is, like, oh, all my desires. Just like, fuck off! That's not who you are! Stop this fucking anime bullshit! For most other movies we watch, the notes I have are, like, fairly detailed or, like, specific. <laughs> For this movie, all my notes are just, like, men bad, I like the dog, dumb movie. I literally have fuck off written down as like three separate notes. <laughs> literally, okay, the, the quippy guy, there was a scene where they're like in that house and they fucking, first of all, they like break in, kill a bunch of people, and then grope their soup. That scene was so dumb. Tegan really didn't like that. I don't know why that needed to occur. I literally was like, we did not need to have that happen. I agree with Tegan. I am not, like, a squeamish dude. Like, I can take blood and guts to, a th like, an extent. Fucking food is where I am squeamish. <laughs> I cannot take people fucking with food. In this movie, they grab, like, what the fuck was it? It was, like, a piece of soggy bread or some shit. It goes everywhere. One of the dudes drinks a soup, and it goes all over his fucking shirt, and he's just fine with it? it it's not okay. You can't put that shit in movies. It's not okay. <laughs> okay, and then after the guy's eating the soup, the fucking quippy guy says the dumbest line. He's like, cold stew on a blazing island. <laughs> like, that's deep? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> like, was that, like, a commentary on life? And also, like, all of the dialogue is so terribly synced up with the lip syncing. Yeah, the editing in this movie. This is one of the most technically incompetent movies I've ever seen. Like, every shot is, like, blurry or has the worst lighting. The timing between lines, it's so obviously, like, spliced together after the fact or, like, recorded separately. Because they don't sound like they're talking. It sounds like they're, like, speaking like this into a microphone when they're, like, in nature. It's, like, it's so fake. The editing in Bohemian Rhapsody, right? It's shit, the whole movie, but not the whole movie is as bad as that one dinner scene they have, like that famous clip. The entire Fear and Desire editing is that fucking clip. There's this one scene just after they built the raft where Max is going off one way and then the other two people are there. They're, they're having a conversation. They stop talking. There are five separate cuts just back and <laughs> forth to their faces. What the fuck was the purpose of that? It's just back and forth and back and forth. It fucking, I... I'm so worked up. Oh my god, I literally have a note that says quick cutting with the plane raft looked bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Okay, the first shot of the movie when they're all standing in that formation with the binoculars, it was like a nice composition. And I was yeah. like, okay, this can't be as bad as people thought. And then there's no other good shots like that in the whole movie. The first note I have is going in, I assume this is not going to be as bad as everyone says it is, but it's probably just boring, which is why people hate it. I was so wrong. I mean, it's boring, but I was wrong. That's not the only reason people hate it. I can't say I ever, like, dozed off. It wasn't, like, Nashville or Pickpocket. There's, like, an air of, like, importance to the dialogue that it just doesn't go through with at all. Yeah. Like, there's that scene where the guy goes insane, and I think Kubrick thought it was, like, some really, like, deep shit. Like, this incredible, like, moment of just, like, exploring the human mind. I think he thought it was, like, some Shakespearean moment when he went <sighs> off to the river saying that it was blood. Like, that was, like, some great 
grand like <laughs> the river it's blood <laughs> like that's like a line from like Macbeth or some shit like it's like some deep philosophical like going insane thing that everybody's gonna be like shooken by but it just came off as like super like pretentious honestly and it was so like out of nowhere as well like for the first third of the movie he the character acts like totally normally and then out of nowhere when they leave him alone with the girl he just like instantly like becomes a completely different person and just starts like acting crazy yeah and like my notes i was like what the fuck just happened to this character <laughs> like tegan can you talk about how we watched this movie at what pace 1.25 <laughs> what <laughs> i should have done that <laughs> we on youtube we turned it to 1.25 speed i should have done that dude i should have done that i should have done 1.5 honestly just do it at two times speed i was like i can't comprehend it at 1.5 i i might honestly rewatch it at 2.5 i might do that if you're if you are gonna watch this movie which we strongly recommend you don't watch it at two times speed because the whole thing is just free on youtube the fucking villain at the end the general he monologues for like six minutes what does he say you know when you like when you go on your phone and you like type something and then you do the suggested words <laughs> it sounds like that's how they wrote it they were just tap 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 oh this is a sentence he was speaking fucking nonsense already a week and i didn't think it was a good idea to get it out of the world and i didn't think it was a good idea for the most of my time at my office but it was a little late marks for the first person to get this stuff out of the world that was what my phone just did on autocomplete is basically what it sounded like <laughs> to drive my point home for the first half that he was reading that i thought he was reading the script <laughs> <laughs> that was just autocomplete from my phone oh my god also the movie ends like three times like i'm like is it yeah. ending and then it's not yeah oh my god <laughs> it like fades to dark and then it comes back with some other shit there was one part i thought was kind of interesting when the guy was crawling and there was like spit coming in his mouth i'm like that's commitment that's commendable just to that guy though the thing is like i was hoping watching this movie that there would be like a hint of like okay i can start i can start to see kubrick's vision this is like there are like little bits here there's nothing no it, there's there's yeah. nothing anything that's recognizable <laughs> from a star like just put in the audio of gene wilder saying nothing, nothing in <laughs> the first note i have for this movie is immediately feels nothing, nothing like a kubrick movie with like the the music and the narration it just felt seems sounds like just like generic bad 50s war movie uh, this isn't a fucking letterbox list titled underrated fuck you no, no. shut the fuck shut the fuck up fuck you tyler jernick parker Fuck Shut you. the fuck up. I swear to God, the only people who like this movie like it because it's Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dude, you gotta forgive it because it's like a student film that he didn't like. Like, no, no. don't forgive it. It's bad. No. no one who likes, who says they like this movie because of Kubrick, like now, if they saw it when it came out, would have been like, that's so good. Yeah. That is a good <laughs> movie. Like, no. And like Kubrick himself disowned it. He described it as like a child's like drawing on a fridge. Which like, is accurate. Tegan, what do you think of this movie? I don't like it. <laughs> that's it i literally no i genuinely can't tell you like one thing that happened besides the food squishing that is completely fair i barely remember the last third i was i remember like the guy was obsessed about killing the general for some reason okay let me just say that was like the most basic yeah. like military plan i've ever seen in a movie like you go there and then everybody every <laughs> single troop will walk over to you and that will yeah, for sure happen like... and then we can go over here and literally just stand in the open for like five minutes while we kill these people they were literally just standing in the middle of the field like looking at the house for like 30 seconds like what the fuck are you doing and then the guy's like hey we might want to go they might be coming soon and they stand there for like two more minutes and then they're fine oh <laughs> that house literally looks like his like his friend's mom's house like <laughs> no fucking general would like sit in a house that normal okay guys rapid fire questions best scene in the movie um none no kubrick stare pog it's food squishing no tegan no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> you became what you swore to destroy tegan <laughs> Best scene in the movie, probably, like, the first one where they're all just standing around and talking with the binoculars. Like, that was the most comprehensible, like, easy-to-understand scene. Best scene in the movie is when the guy's crawling and there's spit coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Also... There was like, okay, I said the only good shot was the binocular one, but there was this decent one near the end where he's like in the raft going towards the, like the sun and there's like a silhouette shot. That wasn't bad either. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's about it. Okay, guys, best performance in the movie. Um, The guy who turned into Joker. At least he tried, right? At least he tried. 
worst performance was the woman, but I feel like that's just because she got shitty direction. Yeah. Because she just did not look scared when she should be looking scared, and that is normally a director's fault and not the actor's fault. Okay, final thoughts. Um, Never watch this movie. Don't. I'm never gonna watch this movie again unless <laughs> it's in two times speed as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I recommend this movie to no one. Not even to Kubrick fans. Not even to Kubrick fans. Actually, I recommend it to Kubrick fans the least. Yeah. Before this, my lowest rated Kubrick Rick was an 8 out of 10. He made the best movie ever. It's fine. <laughs> he also made the worst movie ever. Yeah, but he didn't make Blue Velvet, so... He did not make Blue Velvet. Okay. Everyone's rating? Tegan. My rating? I think I gave it like a half star. Jack, your rating. Half star. Manny. Half star. 1 out of 10. If I could give it a 0, I would. Two episodes ago, movies we'd give a 0 out of 10. I think this is 1, honestly. I gave it a 3 out of 10. Where did the extra two Ooh, points come, two from? come from? Where? Okay, because I thought the crawling thing with the spit was kind of interesting. That's not worth a point. And I thought the I thought a couple of the shots were interesting, and it wasn't like as bad as some of the worst movies I've ever seen. Fine, sure, whatever. I don't have the energy to talk about this movie anymore. Okay, guys, we're gonna move on to another movie called Killer's, Killer's Kiss. Kiss. Killer's okay. Kiss. Yes. Full spoilers for Killer's Kiss. The IMDb plot description is: Ready to catch a train to his hometown, a washed-up boxer tells us about the strange and twisty events that happened to him in the past couple of days. I'll be real, the plot is probably the least interesting aspect of this movie. This movie is significantly better, but like, it's not hard. It's significantly better, but it's like, something it has in common is that the plot is really meandering and it's kind of confusing. I think this movie, I would actually say that it is good. Mm. I don't know if like, I would say I that. On the whole, I would say this is a good movie. I would disagree. I would say it's a movie. I wouldn't say it's bad or good. It just yeah. kind of like it's it's there. It's a, it feels it like a very average. I thought the, the Tegan has been saying I to try to start her point for like three minutes. Okay, let's let okay, Tegan. Let's hear it. I was just gonna talk about the guy's chest hair <laughs> made me want to fucking throw up. I had to actually look away from the screen because the, it was just too much. Really? It was really nauseating. Okay, I was I was fine with this, with the chest hair in this movie. I hated it in Fear and Desire. I hated that fucking dude. The dude that looked like that guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I hated that, but I was fine with it in this movie. Chest hair in general makes me feel really gross. It was so sickening. I just couldn't. Tegan needed me to tell her when it was off the screen oh so she could God. look back. The lighting in this movie i'd say it is actually great yeah i think this was a greatly shot movie yeah i think i would agree i don't know if i'd go as far as say great. i'd say it's it, like it is like on par with or like some parts are on par with the cinematography in elevator to the gallows which was another noir from the 50s yeah actually yeah no i see where you're coming from think about that scene where the girl is like walking on the street in the dark and it's sort of like has her framed on the bottom and like you see everything passing by that is an, an amazing shot there's just so many scenes in this where i'm like that is yeah. very well done and i think you can see kubrick's like great visual eye through this there's that shot the reoccurring shot of that hallway coming out of the that dance club that is like Kubrick's one point perspective that mm -hmm. might be the first instance of his one point perspective showing up which is a re reoccurring motif through his films and I think just his very precise camera and control over a scene is starting to show in this movie I think there is a lot of really striking shit like um, I really liked how the boxing scene was framed dude I was gonna say yeah yeah, yeah it's like you're watching it from the audience and um, the scenes where they're running on the roof at the end I thought that was fun like the, the super far shots it like gives it such a fucking sense of scope that's something that with his directing and like shot composition in this movie really struck me and stood out as like signifying of Kubrick's sort of vision and like how he would go about shooting things in future movies. I think the boxing match, you can almost see that as like very similar in how he did the wrestling scene in Barry Lyndon. The wrestling match in at the barracks when he's in the military and they're like shirtless and there's like a big ring. I think I thought of that more. This is a very specific detail, but when there there's the elevator at like the villain's place at the end, which was there was kind of like the maniacal villain's lair. It was a bit tropey, but yeah, I think it was funny. The sign on the elevator that says like you are positively forbidden to ride or something. Oh, that's funny. I, I That's like kind of Kubrick's like humor, like very dry. That that comes up in like how Barry Lyndon's narrated or even in 2001, there's that scene where he looks at the sign that says zero gravity toilet and the guy's like scratching his chin and that's the joke. <laughs> it's just like very like simple dry jokes like that and I feel like that's a good like first instance of that. Another shot that really stuck out to you is pretty early in the movie. The shot of his face through the goldfish bowl. Yeah, I love that shot. Almost creating like a literal fish eye lens. <laughs> you know when people, there's like 
authors who are like new and they want to seem like they're like very competent authors so they include an excessive amount of detail people who are like i looked into his glistening moistened with tears eyes or orbs or yeah. <laughs> some shit his orbs, his orbs and it's like <laughs> it's like that but i feel like that is almost what he's doing by putting that random fishbowl shot in it's yeah. like look what i can do to add a detail to the scene because he's trying to like prove himself as a young director like it was a good shot but it almost felt like a bit extra in that way immediately going in i really wasn't enjoying the movie because i had to look at frank silvera more um and right after watching fear and desire i didn't have a good association with that man oh yeah it's the same guy it's the same guy and he's equally unlikable in this movie what's different in this movie i don't get it he's like he's this mob boss he's supposed to be terrifying he's a fucking buffoon Mm -hmm. he's such an idiot (laughs) he's just like a dick and like you don't like him but he's not that scary interesting tidbit i would say it's funny if it but that would be a little bit fucked up so he died in 1970 i was reading his like his page on letterbox and i was like how'd he die Silvera was killed on June 11th, 1970 after accidentally electrocuting himself while repairing a garbage disposal unit in his kitchen sink. What a fucking sad way to go. Dude, garbage disposals fucking scare the shit out of me. Like, the idea of, like, getting a scarf caught and it just, like, chokes you to death. But, like, dying like that would be so, like, embarrassing. That would be your last thought, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. I don't want to die like this. Like, if I I could die, like, I'd die right now, like, whatever. But, like, I don't want to die by, like, fucking electrocuting myself while repairing, like, my garbage disposal. That sucks. I did not understand the performance of the main girl like what emotion she was trying to communicate in that scene where the dude broke in she at one point she looked really terrified of him and then Uh, another point she's like looks like she doesn't give a shit that's something that this movie and fear and desire both have in common is that at this point in kubrick's career he's still not the best director of actors he still is not good at getting actors to clearly communicate scenes and because of that they kind of end up feeling confusing what are the actors feeling what are the characters feeling in this moment and it just kind of makes the story feel a lot more kind of uninvested but at the same time this movie does feel a lot more kind of human than the other one like it's almost so like disconnected fake feeling that it's like there's no investment whatsoever but this one it's like I do feel like I'm watching this like guy in his apartment and the opening shot of just the still of him waiting in the train station for like a couple minutes Mm -hmm. sort of instantly was like yeah this is a lot more captivating just from that one opening shot me and Tegan love the harmonica guys. Dude, yeah, the two dudes so the I literally have written down, I hope these harmonica guys get fucking killed. They're so annoying. And Whoa. They bring, a, they, bring a, they bring forth the most bullshit plot point in the entire thing. That was such a lazy writing thing. Oh, these two random guys on the street just come up and take his scarf, and then he misses the guy he's supposed to see. And then that guy gets killed because of that. Like, fuck off. You can write that miscommunication. <laughs> okay. Write it in a better way than some random fuckos come off the street and take a start. That's so yeah. dumb. Okay. I liked I liked the harmonica fez men until they took the scarf. Then I'm like, fuck you, give it back. And also, <laughs> I felt the same kind of like obnoxious. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, they're just like, why are you stealing this guy's random scarf? You're so mean. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's like, why can't you just be nice, peaceful harmonica men who just entertain nice, people? Nice, peaceful harmonica men. <laughs> no, because oh I thought they were just like I, I thought they were just like buskers that just go around playing music. <laughs> I like them until they took the scarf and I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. We're losing it. We are losing it. The first time I cried laughed on this podcast and it was from Matt. We are fucking losing it tonight. Fuck, now you're making me laugh. Okay, but Jack, like, that frustration you were feeling with that scene, I also felt with the mannequin shop scene. That fight scene went on so much fucking longer than it should have. Like, the main character did not take advantage of any opportunities to do anything. He was just, like, hiding in the back waiting for the guy to get the gun again. I kind of like their fight scene, though. It got a lot better when they started jousting. I thought that was a really good kind of Yeah, okay, that's what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, but I think everything before that where he's just, like, walking around, like, why aren't you doing anything? Like, you have the upper hand, like, tackle him. Once the sort of axe-to-spear combat started, I really liked that. That felt sort of, like, sluggish and, and, like, realistically clumsy it was, and that kind of added a lot of tension. But before that point, it was just frustrating. Like, you could do it! Fucking go! And then he just didn't. It was annoying. I thought the scene where... 
she was recounting the story about her sister, like the ballerina. It was like really long and it didn't really add anything to the story. Yeah, it added literally nothing. I mean, it was it was cool presentation. Red shoes energy. Oh, I fucking hate the red shoes is so boring. No, the red shoes would have been really good if it ended at an hour 30. I thought you were talking about the Kate Bush album and I was about to throw hands. Wait, how long is the Red Shoes? <laughs> is that the one that's three hours? It's, yeah, it's way too long. Holy it should shit. have ended, like, it should have ended halfway through. And it would have been great, honestly, if it ended there. It would have been great. Guys, would you rather, would you rather be able to delete the existence of COVID or Among Us? COVID? <laughs> what? Would you rather be able to, to have the COVID-19 pandemic never happened or never have seen Fear and Desire? Um... Oh. Okay, in that case, fear and desire because oh. <laughs> because a lot of shit has happened in COVID that I don't want to like unhappen. Like what? Like uh, like a million people dying? I okay, okay, look. But are you look. actually saying you wouldn't stop the pandemic look. because like various good things happen look. in your life? Look, <laughs> look. Jack just reveals himself <laughs> as just a massive narcissist. Look. <laughs> look, I know that sounds bad, but think about it. Something worse might have happened instead. Uh, I don't think it would be as bad as That's this. a terrible way to view That's the why world. you don't go back. That's why you never go back and kill Hitler. Because if you go back and kill uh, Hitler, like... That's different, dude. No, it isn't. If I went back and uh, undid the coronavirus, something worse might have happened in the year it's been. Yeah, like what? I don't know, man. Like World War Three. It doesn't fucking matter. It's just something worse might have happened. Do you think people would have been like, oh, there's no pandemic this year. Let's start World War Three. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. I would no. have done that personally. Y you would have started World War Three. <laughs> yeah, fear me. Wait, so Jack, okay. Jack, can we go back to how you wouldn't stop World War Two? Uh, no, okay. Yeah, can <laughs> we say we, wait, did he just say it was a bad idea to kill Hitler? You don't go back and, like, kill Hitler because something worse could happen. What's worse than the Holocaust? The <laughs> world ending? Yeah. I don't know. You can't, uh, you can't figure out that you shit. Know. Like, the world could end. That's pretty bad. Like, come on. Like, like the biggest fucking atrocity in the last like couple millennia of human history. Oh, it could have could have been worse. Oh, it could have been worse. Let's not undo it just to make. You sure would that... completely change the course of history. Everybody you know would be dead because one that tiny act like changes a trillion things. Nobody we know now would like be alive. None of us. You wouldn't be alive probably. I wouldn't be alive. It would like change the course of history on such a big way that like we would all unexist. I'm cool with that. I guess if you're thinking about it from like a like a theoretical, like it wouldn't affect us immediately right here. Oh well, then yeah. If it, if it wouldn't change everything today, if like it wouldn't change us here, of course. But you would undo like everything. I feel like we'd also be on a completely different path in history, in the sense of like just like social justice issues. I think about like a lot of things wouldn't have been brought to attention if that hadn't happened and forced things into attention mm -hmm. yeah also what was everyone's favorite scene in uh, killer's kiss i think the boxing scene was the most engaging for me like just with how it was shot something about boxing scenes in movie especially with no music is like terrifying to me just like with the constant like screaming roar of the crowd in the background there's just something so like ominous about it and i think this movie did that really well the audio of the crowd was so like distorted it almost sounded like fuzzy at points yeah that whole scene was just like the most engaging for me i i feel like i just like the way that the dance sequence was shot mm -hmm. not necessarily i know it didn't add anything i just like the way it looked it yeah like, it was really i really loved that presentation as much as i wasn't a huge fan of the scene i guess i like the scene where the one that i mentioned about the the lighting being nice on the street that did remind me of a lot of shots in elevator to the gallows where the main girl is walking down the street that's probably my favorite scene i really liked the scene where she goes to get her check from the dude there was like my favorite shot in the movie where she's standing with the the, uh, the guy that's supposed to deliver the boxer's check and you get like a down the stair shot and I just really like the framing of that. But also that was the scene that made me notice that there's music playing like the entire way through. Like I don't think there's like a part in the movie where music isn't playing, but I really like that because even when like, even when nothing's happening, it gives it like a nice sense of pace. I kind of disagree there. Something I found about this movie is that the music was really overbearing a lot of the time and I felt like it created too much noise that just kind of took away from my attention of the scene. Like the whole scene where it's it's like the mishap happens and like he gets a scarf stolen and then like the guy in the alley the music was just constant that whole time and that was just kind of made the whole thing just feel more confusing and overbearing mm, that was one part i enjoyed but i can understand that best performance uh i don't know i didn't particularly love any of the performances but the ballerina the ballerina woman she danced good yeah Sure. I'd say, I guess the main guy. There wasn't anything distractingly bad about the main guy's performance. I guess I'll pick him. What about you, Tegan? I uh, 
Mystic the ballerina. Hell yeah, three ballerinas. This whoever acted as the ballerina is probably just like never gotten a shout out on any podcast. <laughs> She's not even credited. Would you guys recommend this movie? No. No, no probably not. What about to Kubrick fans? Maybe. Maybe maybe to Kubrick fans. To like hardcore Kubrick fans, I'd be like, if you want to like go through all of his catalog and you want to see everything he has to offer, still skip Fear and Desire, but maybe pretend that this is his first movie. Kubrick made better movies in the 50s. Just go watch those. I'd recommend this if you're just like, I don't want to pay attention to the story and I want to watch a noir movie for one hour that looks decently good. Yeah visually oh, sure so that's the if that's the mood that you're in go watch killer's kiss final thoughts i'm giving it a six and a half i think it's a good movie i think it's very well shot i think it, it it's never never gets like boring except for that one ballerina scene the plot is just stupid as hell like there's as jack said like the contrivance with the <laughs> scarf is dumb yeah and like just the entire story like i'm very uninvested i don't think i'll ever watch it again but, um, definitely not you know, i didn't hate it while it was on and it was very well shot and it's a massive step up it makes fear and desire look even, even worse, worse and it makes this look like fucking 2001 yeah <laughs> i give this movie i don't give half star ratings if i did this might be a 5.5 out of 10 i was considering a six but i'm gonna settle on a, a five like a good five yeah this movie really does not make me feel anything it just it exists i'm giving it a five I gave it a 3 out of 5. 6 out of 10. I got another 6 out of 10 truther on my team. <laughs> Is that it for the movie discussions? That's it for the discussion. We're not doing questions this week because we did the whole Oscars thing. Now we're going to pick our next movie. I got I got the jar with the name. Let's give it a shaky shake. Jack. Woo! Uh... You ready, man? I am more than ready. I'm ready, Freddy. Jack's last selection was The Goonies. So let's have a step up this time, man. (laughs) Fuck you. That was the best movie we've watched on the podcast so far. It's really not. No, it is. Better than Come and See? Yeah, better than a movie that's in my top 10 of all time. (laughs) All right, Luke is shaking up the jar. He's giving it a good shaky shake. Jack, you are picking a director bracket. No! (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) I wonder who it's going to be. No fucking way. I wonder who is Jack McGrath going to pick. So here's how the director bracket is going to work. We're going to watch through a director's work. Oh my God. We're going to have to watch so many movies. Holy shit. We're going to go through a director's uh, entire catalog or just like their most famous 10 movies. And we're going to do a little tournament style bracket where we go through each one, pick a winner in a number of matchups. And we end up with our decided number one film by them after discussing through all of them. So, Jack, who's it going to be? Okay, here's the thing. I could do the obvious choice and make myself happy, or I could do something else. No, fuck it. I'm doing the <laughs> obvious choice. Yeah. We're, do- we're doing 10 movies anyway. He has exactly 10 movies. We are going to do Wong Kar Wai. Because he's my favorite director of all time, and I want to make Manny watch everything. Didn't you get the box? Yes, I did. Hold on. I got my box set, baby. I'm holding up my box set from Criterion. I just got it. I have seen two movies by Wong so far. I saw In the Mood for Love and Fallen Angels. In the Mood for Love, I appreciated it a lot, but I feel like I could get a lot more out of it on a second watch. I wasn't a huge fan of it the first time, but I do feel like I need to rewatch it again before I can really truly appreciate it. Fallen Angels was really good, though. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see that again. I have seen six. Yeah, six. In the Move for Love, Chunking, Falling Angels, Happy Together, 246, Ashes of Time. And I was going to watch Days of Being Wild and as tears go by. Now I have a reason to. I mean, more of a reason to. And my Blueberry Nights. Oh, yeah. My Blueberry Nights. Mm. Okay. I'm going to be dead honest. I'm not excited to watch that one. It's not even on my watch list. Oh, this is the only one of his that I'm not like. I don't think I will love. What about the Grandmaster? <laughs> I think I like the Grandmaster. I liked Ashes of Time. Okay, here's the thing, though. The people who love the Grandmaster are the people who love Speed Racer. That's the overlap. I think Speed Racer looks fun. I like the Wachowskis. I haven't seen Speed Racer in years, but I remember loving it as a kid, so might be fun. We'll see. Tegan, what are you thinking? I'm excited because I like In the Mood for Love, and I like Chunking, and I liked Fallen Angels, but I didn't like Happy Together. So. Okay, but you're gonna like Happy Together this time. Anybody that doesn't like Happy Together, I'm kicking you out of the podcast, <laughs> like straight up. 
I will do this <laughs> podcast alone. I didn't even start it, but I'll be the last one here. You don't even edit them and you'll do it alone. I don't even edit them. <laughs> Luke will still edit. He'll edit you talking <laughs> yourself. I'll pretend to be the rest of you. I can do a good Tegan voice. I think I've seen the same ones that Tegan's seen, and I my favorite is Chunking. The book for love is better. Okay. Well, this should be an interesting episode considering we all have different favorites. Yeah. Wait, no. Manny's favorite currently is the same as mine. Yeah, but I've only seen two, so could very well change. Okay, give us an outro, Tegan. Do it again. Do it one more, five times fast. Whoa. Whoa.